In this episode, Leah is joined by her guest, Carrie. Carrie is a grade 9 to 12 teacher at Neyland High School in Brandon, Manitoba, and the vice president of the Manitoba Student Leadership Association. In this episode, she shares with us how she uses social media in education, how she fosters student leadership at her school, and how she stays connected with her staff, plus builds strong relationships with her students. Carrie has so many great ideas to share, and we think you'll really enjoy this episode. Welcome to KG Education's Cultivating Connection podcast, enlightening conversations and guided meditations to inspire and connect educators. I'm Leah Oback. And I'm Devin Caldwell. We're the Kenton Girls, and together we make up KG Education. Through interviews and self-care practices, we'll share our passion for professional learning, wellness, and community to cultivate connections for educators everywhere. We believe that teachers are stronger and more impactful educators when they're connected and cared for, and it's our mission to support you with teaching, technology integration, and teacher wellness. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our website at kgeducation.ca. Connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. And now for the most recent episode of our podcast. excited to invite our guest Carrie to join us. Carrie's a member of our KG Education Book Club and I've really been enjoying getting to know her and I thought you might like to get to know her too. So welcome Carrie. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your teaching role, introduce yourself and kind of give us... Yeah, no, I'm Carrie Malastrovich and I am a grade nine to 12 social science teacher at Ecole Secondary Neyland High School in Brandon and this is my 14th year of teaching, I guess, just at the very end, as today is the last day of school. Um, yeah, so I've been I've been doing like social studies and history is pretty much like my go-to, but I also have um, done some stuff with like grade 12 law and Western civilization and global issues and different different fun courses like that too. Awesome. And have you always been a high school teacher? What are some of the highlights that kind of led to where you are today? So my very first year of teaching, um, I split my time between Vincent Massey and Neelan here in Brandon. And then my second year teaching, I was um, a grade eight teacher at Earl Oxford School doing English and social studies. And then I've been at Neelan ever since my third year teaching. So pretty much always been a high school teacher. Although previous to you know getting into education period, I started my teaching role as a swim instructor back in like, ages ago when I was when I was 16 and kind of that was my job through university and yeah it was really fun and I got a lot of knowledge on like you know how to break down stuff that kids aren't getting and you know how to talk to parents and like all that kind of stuff too so that sounds like an awesome test run to see if education was the right path for you absolutely So we like to start with a few quick response questions, short answer to let our audience get to know you a bit more. So what book are you currently reading? Well, um, like, as you know, it's the very end of the school year. And so it was a lot of report cards and stuff like that. But um, my eldest child just finished grade two. And so as a reward, we gifted him the first copy of 
um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And so I'm really excited to get into that. We're going to start that tonight with him. So that will be on my to read list again. Um, and then I went to our school library yesterday and I was like, you know, I can't get too crazy. Like I just, I'm going to read book one with my eight year old. So like, I need to just like not get crazy. And then I came back with like 10 books. So like, it's a little crazy, but, um, the home for unwanted girls is on my hopefully to read list this, this year, uh, this summer. And that's by Joanna Goodman. Um, I'm going to reread the, um, great and terrible beauty. There's like a trilogy for that by Libba Bray. I really enjoy like historical fiction and dystopic fiction. And so I've just grabbed a few titles that kind of fit into either one of those categories and hopefully will work my way through it. Sounds like a great summer reading list. And it's so nice to pass on your love of reading to your children too. Yeah. Who has influenced or inspired you as an educator? Hmm. I think honestly, I get so much of my inspiration just from different coworkers and colleagues that I've worked with, both both past and present. Um, I'm I'm still friends with a core group of people that I went to university with, and so we sometimes will share ideas back and forth. And I have such an amazing staff here at Neyland that if I just feel like, hey, this lesson's really like dull or dry, or I need to like switch it up, like I definitely can get inspired by my colleagues. We have such a great group here. Um, Probably my biggest inspiration, um, especially as like a new teacher, was Michael Adamski. He was a principal um, at Neyland for years and years and years. He was my vice principal in my very first year. Um, and so he was pretty amazing and just like, yeah, just helped me learn the ropes and all that kind of stuff. And so he was such an amazing man. And unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago to brain cancer. And so he's a, a big void for sure really important to have that network of educators around you to support you and it sounds like you're really well supported and well connected so that's mm -hmm. awesome yeah what tech tools are your daily essentials I know we've been heavily reliant through remote teaching in this pandemic school year but what are your your go-to's well, I mean, aside from Microsoft Teams, which I have learned so much about in the last 18 months or so, um, I really do rely a lot on Instagram. I started an Instagram page for my classroom this past January, and I'm still kind of playing around with like how else I can use it, but I really do enjoy like an additional way to remind kids about assignments and due dates and then just things that are happening and, and things that they can get involved with and stuff like that. And just, yeah, that kind of stuff. I really enjoy reaching them in a different, in a different way. So that leads really nicely into um, our next question. You read um, Social Media by Jennifer Cassatod with uh, mm -hmm. our book club this year. And it's all about integrating social media in education and using it alongside our students. Um, so you've mentioned a little bit about using your Instagram account as a way to like post reminders and, and connect with students, but can you tell us how else you're using social media in education? Um, sometimes I'll, I'll base some of my projects and stuff like on social media as, as a medium for them to give me information. I actually got the idea years ago from a book called The History of the World According to Facebook. And it was a really, I mean, as a history teacher, it was hilarious. It's just like a, a parody of the history. And so it, I found that really interesting. I think I got it maybe mid 2000s and read it in like two hours and it was hilarious. And then I was like, you know what, why can't I do a project like this? And so it started as 
the history of the French-English relations in Canada, <laughs> um, according to Facebook. And that was really good. And then pretty soon that came outdated, right? Like kids are like, what's Facebook? Like, I don't have Facebook. I don't understand any of these features. I'm like, what? Like, how is this possible? So then I just kind of revamped it to be like, you know, um, French-English relationships in Canada, according to social media, and they can pick their platforms. If they're like super into TikTok, they can make a bunch of TikTok videos as if they are some of these French or English people um, telling their story. Or, you know, they could do Instagram or Twitter or like whatever it is that they're into and that they're familiar with, they are able to kind of tell me the history that that we've been talking about and learning about. And it kind of shows like deeper level thinking too, if they can figure out who would be like doing an original post about the history and who might like engage with it or like it or share it or whatever, like that definitely shows that they're, they're understanding the implications of the history as well, so. I think that's a really neat application of social media. And what is the what are the parameters for your students? Can they post it to their personal account and then share a link with you if they want? Can they do a mock-up if they don't want to post on their personal account? What are your guidelines for that when you do that kind of assignment? Yeah, so basically um, I will get my division to unlock a bunch of um, like fake status updates or fake Instagram account like websites so that my students can can create that kind of stuff too if they wanted to do like tiktok videos or something additional then yes they can share it to their account or they can save the video and then send me the link and then i'd be able to watch it that way um yeah like that kind of stuff um they did a bunch of snapchat too and so then they were able to like do some stuff on snapchat and then send it to me and and tell me kind of where it would fit in their timeline of what they were wanting to say so yeah so I really like how you're being flexible there and how like what tool they can choose to use, whether they do the actual tool and post it actual tool and download it or like a mock up using one of those, you know, make a fake Instagram post um, websites. I really like well, the year that I the year that I opened it up to Snapchat. Um, I was like, I don't snap. I don't know what this is. I've never explored it. So like I really need to lean on you guys as the experts to be like, how can we do this? This is what I need from my project. This is what you know from your technology. How do we mash them together, you guys? And yeah, we had a good brainstorming session and the kids kind of had an idea. And some kids are like, you know what? I use Snapchat all the time, but I have no idea how I'm gonna save the videos or share the videos with you who doesn't use Snapchat. And so other kids were like, oh, I got this. Like, you know, this is what we can do. And so that was really cool too, a really collaborative way of kids just like helping each other out um knowing here's what I need and here's what we know and so here's how we're going to pull it together so thank you so much for sharing that example I think that's um really a good um insight into how teachers might use social media in the classroom especially with older students if they have their own accounts that they can they can start to use those and do some of the problem solving and for younger kids maybe some of the mock-ups I know we have to be so aware of like terms of service and our younger kids that aren't supposed to have accounts until a certain age and and making sure that they're um you know using technology safely and appropriately too absolutely so something that you know is really important to us at kg education is connection and community and you know that's how we came together is just um getting to connect uh through kg education so We've been planning online events and in-person events and, and lots of things um, to just work with other teachers and try to support and collaborate. So you mentioned your um, in-school and local community, but what are some of the other ways that you connect with teachers? Um, 
this year definitely has put a bit of a damper on it because the restrictions have definitely stopped a lot of the things that we used to do. Um, over the last three years or so, I really made it a personal mandate for me that, you know, we used to be so close as a staff and we used to do so many things together. And I was like, what happened? Like 10 years ago, we were like inseparable and now we're not. I'm like, oh, all of us are parents. Like that's pretty much what happened. So we need to kind of regulate our time together to like inside the school day. So how can we do that? And so maybe three years ago, we created monthly potlucks. So the first Wednesday of every month, we all gather in the staff room. This year was a little different because we couldn't bring like outside food. And of course, with all the restrictions. Um, so this year we just did like that. We all brought our own lunch and gathered in the library. It's a bigger space and we can spread out a little differently. And it was just a time to like get out of our classrooms, get out of our heads, you know, get away from some of the students and have like adult interaction and, and just kind of collaborate and chat and just put everything else on the back burner and, and enjoy ourselves. And so that was really good. The potlucks are always so fun though, because I mean, who doesn't like free food and <laughs> all the variety that comes and it's really fun. Like we don't usually do signups. And so like, we've had days where it's like, okay, this is like a dessert bar. Cool. Like we don't have any like meat or vegetables or sustenance. It's cake and brownies and all the desserts. So like, that's always really fun too. Um, so yeah, like our, our staff outings that way, I used to try and plan a couple different outings a semester, like going ax throwing or, you know, just different things like that. Meeting at um, like a, a patio somewhere, like on a Friday afternoon and just kind of hanging out or someone's backyard or something like that, just to kind of collaborate and just get together and again, get out of our heads and out of our classrooms earlier. Um, of course, that definitely has been a bit of a damper. This year we did a really cool thing as like a year end where it was like two truths and a lie. And so we all had to send in two truths and a lie. Um, and someone created like a, a Microsoft forms. And then we went through it yesterday to try and pick out everybody's lie. And it was really fun to like learn more about people. And you're like, what you parasail? Like, that's so cool. Like that type of thing. So yeah. It sounds like you've got some great ideas for connecting with staff and strengthening those relationships. Yeah. The other thing too, that I was going to mention is, um, I'm a, um, the vice president of the Manitoba Student Leadership Association. And so we have, um, a national organization, the Canadian Student Leadership Association that is there not only for the students of Canada to like help them with their leadership, but also for the advisors to help them grow in their role in leadership. And one of the ideas we do these little like meet the maestros. And so this year it was pushed out to like a virtual platform where, you know, it would be one zoom call for an hour and you'd have five maestros who would each take two minutes to like explain something that they do in their school to cultivate connection or, you know, as like a spirit activity or whatever. And one of the ideas um, that came up, I think it actually came out of a book at one point in time, something related to Starbucks and I need to look it up again and I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was the six ways of being. And so she said at her school, they just have like these little cards. It's called six ways of being. It talks about genuine, involved, considerate, knowledgeable, welcoming, and persevering, and just having that grit. And so she said, what they do at their school is they just have these little cards. They have them like available in staff rooms and stuff like that near the photocopier. And then people can grab the card. They can write a little message on the back and then either anonymously leave it for another teacher to be like, hey, I see you. You're doing so much amazing work. Thank you so much for that. Um, or they can give it to them in person if, it, if they don't want it to be anonymous or whatever, that's fine. And so I was like, you know what, that's so easy. And like, 
it should be okay with restriction restrictions now. So I created little cards too. And then teachers have been able to grab them and like write little notes on the back and send it to teachers to be like, Hey, like, I know that we aren't really connecting very much these days, but I see you and like, it's really cool of what you're doing or like, thank you for, you know, picking up your book because no one else wanted it. And it's so important or like little things like that. So that's kind of cool too. I really like that. Like pa teachers passing notes kind of as like a support and um, relationship builder. That's fun. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us about some of the ways that online connections have helped you, supported you, inspired you as an educator? I know you're well connected, um, like you said, to your student leadership uh, peers kind of across the country. So tell me about how those online connections work for you. So I'm the moderator for the Instagram page Manitoba Leadership because again, I'm vice president of the association. And so I follow many school accounts across Canada. I tried to pick out like all the school accounts in Manitoba, obviously, but then there's so many amazing schools in Canada that are doing some amazing things. And so I follow them and they have some incredible ideas that I like to either share with other Manitoba schools to be like, Hey, like check out what this one school in Alberta is doing, or like check out over here, what Quebec's up to or whatever. And it's like, it's a, it's a way for us to be like, Oh, that, that's a sweet idea. It wouldn't work here, but maybe if we tweak it a little bit and like change it like this, then I can make it work. And so that's always been really fun too. And so especially this last year where you know, restrictions have definitely impacted us greatly on what we could do. Like student council is was having a hard time, you know, by the time we would plan an event and ready to go and get it off the ground, new restrictions would be in and it would change everything. And, and so, yeah, like that's been really fun to kind of see what other schools do. And also really fun to see like, you know, what the restrictions look like in other provinces or lack of restrictions in some cases, you're like, wow, like, that's so cool that you could do that. That would never work here. <laughs> like, that's not, it's not where we're at right now. So yeah, that's been really, really fun to kind of follow other people. Um, this year too, I mean, again, the pandemic, has restricted us for so many things, but also opened us up to many things too. And I'm in a couple Facebook groups with like different teachers across Manitoba. And so um, I just found out that next year I'm teaching a new course to me that I've never taught before. Um, it's grade 11 family studies and I'm really excited about it. The curriculum looks amazing, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like, where do I start? Like, there's gotta be something out there. So I put a post out there and was like, you know, if anyone has taught grade 11 family studies, like I'm looking for neat activities or games or like, what's your go-to or where do you go to get your resources? And I got lots of really cool ideas. So I'm hoping to kind of piece through some of those this summer as well. So that's always been really cool that I didn't really have an opportunity to do before. Sounds like you've got some really good sources of inspiration through, through social media and some of those groups of teachers that you get to connect with. Um, since we're talking a bit about student leadership already, um, I know that you are involved in supporting the students in your school and, and beyond with student leadership initiatives. So how do you foster and support student leadership? Or maybe tell us about some of the things that um, your student leadership team has done. Hmm. Um, so I'm one of the advisors here at Elon for the student council. And so we've been trying really hard. Like our motto is the students can fail but we will never let them be failures. And sometimes it's a really fine line to figure out what that is. 
But we all know that sometimes you learn more lessons and better lessons from failing. And so if something's going to be horribly bad, like we'll step in and be like, Hey, like, did we even think about this? Like, did we get chaperones? Did we do this? Like, we'll, we'll throw it in there, but we really try and make this like a student council and it's a student led thing as much as possible. Um, the Canadian Student Leadership Association has actually come out recently this year, actually with leadership levels. Um, for students. They've had their leadership levels for advisors for the last couple of years, uh, very similar to like coaching levels, where if you are coaching any sport, you can kind of go through the process and get some levels, get some ideas, get some resources in your toolkit, that kind of thing. So they've done that with advisors over the last, hmm, I'm going to say maybe five or six years. And then this year they rolled out a student leadership level program. And I believe it's four levels. And at every level, there's like, you know, challenges that the kids have to do or activities that they have to do. Maybe they have to go and follow like five Instagram pages for different schools and just like give some feedback. Like what, what are they doing? Well, what could they work on? Like, oh, they haven't posted in two months. Like that's something to look at or something like that too. And so that's really cool. And um, my, my teaching partner, the other leadership advisor, and I have talked about maybe next year trying to work as a council through our level one together. And so that all the kids at the end of the next student council year will have their level one leadership. And then if they choose to pursue it beyond that, like it's like $25 a kid. If they choose to pursue it beyond that, they can absolutely do that, but it gives them some pretty cool skills that can help in employment and just with other councils or, or committees that they're on again in the future. So it sounds like they have some training opportunities for sure. And mm -hmm. then you've mentioned that they kind of within this year within restrictions, but normally um, having more options plan some kind of like team builders and spirit activities for your school. Is there anything else that your student leadership um, students are responsible for in your school or what else would they be involved with? Mm, it's really just trying to facilitate like we have a, a Spartan promoter on our council and so their job is to kind of connect with other clubs and groups and choirs and sports and all the people to try and like have one master calendar of events. And so just trying to to rally the troops that way of course this year has been pretty light there hasn't been a lot of stuff to do. Um, and then yeah just like doing spirit and and trying to you know bring people together we like grade wars is, is one of our big ones here um again we had to rethink that this year and just do different ways to to give points so that was kind of fun and um yeah just different activities to kind of get people together and and connected and enjoying their time here so tell us about how grade wars usually works in case we have somebody listening that wants to try this with their yeah. body. So in a normal year, we have like the grade nines are always yellow and the grade tens are always blue and then red for 11s and green for 12s. And so we'll have two um, events throughout the year where we shut down school for half the day. We get all the kids in the gym and it's just like one big gym blast where we have lots of different games and we try and pick on all the different skills. So we'll do like, Hey, like send three kids from each grade and we're going to go do like a math competition. And so it's like all the people who are super like math is my jam. They are over. Uh, we do like some athletic stuff. We do some random coordination stuff where it's like, you have to do this little, I don't know. Oh, we did one with arts where um, we had four teachers sit there and kids had to paint the teachers faces and they had to like design something. So like really working on the artistic side of things. 
Um, we've had like pie eating contests or they have to like pick out Jolly Ranchers from like a whipped cream pie and just like really fun things. Some things that require some random skill and brain power and some that are just fun. And then it, we award points for first, second, third and fourth place for every event. And then at the end, they have like the, the final tally. And we do that once in first semester, once in second semester. Um, and then we sometimes have little pop-up activities. Hey, we're looking for like five kids for each grade to come you know, to the courtyard, we're going to do some random like minute to win it type games and see what happens. And so that's always fun too, keeps the kids on their toes and gets them out of the school at lunchtime and having fun or something. So it sounds very fun. And it's always nice to hear what different schools do, like what different student councils come up with, because every um, kind of leadership team has their different twist on their, their favorite activities or what they've seen. So thank you Absolutely. for telling us about about that and hopefully we're back to those kinds of things oh, very soon. Wouldn't that be lovely? We always like, we have a plaque too that we give out. So like at the end of the second uh, grade wars event in the second semester, then we'll like give the plaque to the, the winners. Like th that's your last hurrah at getting points. And then we put like the grade nines in this year one or something. So it's kind of bragging rights too. <laughs> always nice to have that little, uh, little trophy to award. Absolutely. So as you know, one of the things that we're passionate about at KG Education is teacher wellness. Um, we know that education is both a demanding and a rewarding field. Uh, and although we, you know, want to support teachers with their professional learning and do all of that piece, we also know that teachers really need to make uh, their own wellness a priority in order to show up um, for their colleagues and for their families and for their students. So can you tell us about the some of the things that you do to take care of yourself physically and mentally? Um, I do my very best to keep all of my schoolwork and my marketing and my planning at school. I try not to bring it home. I know sometimes it just like, you know, if I'm, I'm taking in history research papers, like I will have to bring some home unless I have like a three month timeline to mark all of these. Um, so sometimes I will, but most of the time I try to keep things at school. Like I'm a, a busy mom of two as well outside of school. And so I like my home time to be my family time and my home time and, and time for me to just kind of chill <laughs> and do my own thing. Um, We've really gotten into hiking over the last, like since the pandemic, we we figured out what the Brandon Hills was and like we are there all the time. So we really like doing that and just kind of connecting to nature that way. And geocaching has been a big thing that we've learned over the last like year or so. And so we really enjoy doing that as a family. Um, and then I do yoga as well, just as a time for me to just kind of like de-stress and just kind of get myself grounded again. Thank you for sharing. I think it's so important that we talk about that piece and share it with other teachers um, because it can look like everyone is just selfless and constantly working. And I don't think that that's the right message. I think we can do a great job um, as teachers and also take care of ourselves. So I think it's great to hear how it works for you to kind of separate that when you're at school, you get your school schoolwork done. And when you go home, you try to avoid it. I have a similar mm -hmm. policy. I'd rather stay another half hour or hour at school and be done when I get home. 
Yes. Uh, and also some of those like physical activity and uh, and your family activities that you've been able to embrace. So thank you for sharing that with us. Well, I've also used the, like we use Microsoft Teams in the Brandon School Division. And so I've also set myself to like not getting any messages. I think it's after five o'clock in the evening. Cause I know that sometimes things like, oh no, like this is something that's popped up. And so I usually give them until five or six. I can't remember which time now, but then like my evenings are mine. Like I'm not, I'm not answering stuff. I, you know, if you're going to message me at midnight for something, like I'm not answering you and I'm not going to get the ping on my phone and think that I need to. So yeah, that was really important too. I didn't have that set up for like, you know, last March to last June. And I was getting messages at all times in the day, weekends and evenings and like middle of the night. I'm like, what? go to bed, you guys, like what is happening? So yeah, that was something that was really important for me this year. I needed to create some boundaries and like certainly Microsoft Teams opened up a lot of boundaries. Um, so yeah, I had to create those boundaries again and just let them know that guys, after this time, like you can message me at seven in the evening and I might catch it at some point in time if I'm randomly there. But like, honestly, I'm not, I'm not checking it. So yeah. And I think that's a fair expectation to, to set is to, you know, for your own well-being is to have, okay, I'm not checking messages or getting notifications after this time and just communicating clearly, you know, your case, you have young adults, you can just tell your students directly that after that time, it's, it's unlikely that you would be checking messages. And I think for that's sure. a really good um, compromise that you're available, you know, until whatever time works for you. And after that, it's got to wait till the next day. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, to wrap up, I just going back to connections, since that's one of our really important themes, uh, can you share with us one way that you build strong connections with your students? I get the sense that you have great relationships with the students you teach, and I'd just love to hear about how you build those relationships and connections. Mm. So I really, I actually started this a couple years ago, specifically with my grade nines, but then I kind of like bled it out to all my other classes too. But I feel like in September, the grade nine population here at Neyland comes from like what, 22 different feeder schools across the division. And so you might know somebody else in the class, but you might not. And like, you know, you might've had people you knew in your last class. You don't have anyone, you know, in this class, who knows what you're going to get next class. Like it's just kind of a mixed bag of things. And so we take the first five days and we play games. We build relationships. We learn about people in, in the room. We have like rock, paper, scissors tournaments. And those will sometimes flash up. Like you can just read the room and you know, when kids are just like stressed, it's like, you know what, that's it. Grab a partner, rock, paper, scissors, best of three. Whoever wins advances, whoever loses, you are now the cheering section for that winner. And then by the end of it, you have two kids and then the rest of the kids are supporting those two kids. And it's just like really fun. And it's just like, yeah, 10 minutes, 15 tops. And yeah, you just, you have fun, right? And so sometimes you can read the room. You're like, Ooh, like we're stressed here, guys. Let's just like put everything down and let's do a quick tournament and see what's up, right? Um, so yeah, I do like five days of games and activities and get to know yous and like with the cool icebreakers, right? Cause icebreakers always get a bad rap, but they're cool. Um, some cards to the teamwork and team play cards. Um, you can get them online. They're really, really fun. And there's like tons of information on the back of each card. The cards are like a, you know, a five by seven type thing. So they're, they're not tiny, tiny things, but you can give like a card to each student and you could have them like talk about like the thought for the day or the question for the day, or are you, 
Are you more like an audio or video? Are you more like an umbrella or a raincoat? You know, big question, what's your favorite hobby? What are you responsible for? If you could pick your own name, what name would you choose? Just like random things like that are really fun. And then especially when we pushed into remote learning, like numerous times throughout the year, but especially in May, um, I started doing like attendance questions every day. And so um, I've done this before too, but like the, what is it called? The table topics. It's like a little cube of cards and, and every card is just like a question, right? So I've got a table topic specifically for Canada and it's like, you know, what would you, what is the perfect topping for KD? Or, you know, like if you uh, could go anywhere in Canada, where would it be? Or which province have you not seen yet that you really want to check out? Or, you know, if you are telling somebody outside of Canada to check out one feature of Canada, a landmark or a building or whatever, like, what would that be? What would be the biggest tourist stop that you would tell somebody outside of Canada? And so that's really cool too. And then all, like, all sorts of questions too, right? Like, would you rather or anything like that? And so it's really cool too, to do that at the beginning. It takes like a little bit of time out of your day. It takes like 10 minutes to get through the class and everyone gets their chance to answer their question. But it, it also has some really cool discussions that can come up too. And that part I really love where kids then kind of go back and forth. Like we're here remote learning. And I'm like, I'm not even having this discussion. Like you guys are back and forth for five minutes chatting over something. And it's like so cool to see. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that um, investing that time to build relationships, to play games together, to build collaboration skills is so important and something that we sometimes I think teachers feel the pressure to like jump right into an academic concept immediately or spend 100% of class time um, on their their content area or direct instruction and I think that in my experience as an educator that the time that we spend building those connections is well well spent that they are learning and um, that they're learning some of the most important skills uh, you know how to work together and get to know other people and like you said having those meaningful discussions or sometimes just having fun together and having a laugh that that however that time plays out that it's so worth it so I'm so glad that you shared that I've seen a phenomenal speaker in my leadership roles his name is Phil Boyd he's out of the states and he's created a book called School Culture by Design. And so like that book has got some ideas in it too. Um, or he also does a lot of like virtual, um, I don't know, like virtual speaking engagements or he has like this whole, I think it's like a 12 week package kind of deal that you can purchase. And it's, it's a way for you to run PDs or staff meetings or whatever with just little like icebreakers and, and activities. And so it's like such a cool resource too. We haven't got it yet, but like, that's something that is kind of in our, like we're watching for it, right? Like we're, we're trying to see, but like Phil Boyd is amazing. If anybody out there um, has not heard from him or heard him speak, like he's all about fostering connections and fostering culture and like school culture is made by design. It's not something that just happens. Like you build it, like it, it, that's how it works. Right. And so he has so many cool ideas and games. You can also follow him on Facebook, um, school culture by design. Um, and every once in a while he'll pop like little activities and games up there. That you're like, Oh, that's genius. Like, I, I love that. So that's also a great place to go for ideas. If you're like, I just need something. <laughs> I don't know what, but I need something. You can even post a question to the group. Like, how do you guys start your your classes with new kids and whatever. And like so many people there have so many phenomenal ideas. So. Awesome. That's another great resource. 
Um, thank you so much for joining us on the Cultivating Connection podcast and sharing all of your wisdom and experiences with us. Um, if teachers would like to connect with you, I know that you um, have a couple different Instagram channels where they could get in touch. Could you share those with us? You bet. So my classroom one is mrs.mal uh, underscore 24 um, or Manitoba Leadership. And again, if you are, you know, in charge of a school account of, of any kind that I haven't already followed, I will definitely follow you back. We try to keep it just to, um, yeah, just to school accounts as much as possible, but still it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, mrs.mal underscore 24 or Manitoba Leadership. Awesome. And we will put that in the show notes too, so that people can easily find it. Awesome. Hey, if you're interested in being part of a supportive community of educators committed to both professional growth and teacher wellness, check out our online professional learning community, Cultivating Connection. All the details are available at kgeducation.ca slash cultivatingconnection. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's topic in the show notes. If you know another educator who'd enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And give us some feedback too. We'd appreciate your rating and review in the app you're using to listen to this. Keep growing, learning, and taking care of yourself. The world needs educators like you.